1: Brian Karam.
0: Hi, welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I'm your host, Brian Karam. With me is another fellow Kentuckian comedian, mm-hmm. activist, Hal Sparks. And we're going to call this the Kentucky Colonel's edition of <laughs> Just Ask That's the right. Question. That's right. We're going to talk about all things that are Kentucky and how we... have Kentucky screwed us, man, but you know also gave us some good things in the po- in the uh, process as well. So we'll take a short commercial break. Come back and talk all about Kentucky.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Hi, we're back it's just asked the question I'm your host Brian Karen with me once again how how sparks how it's a great to have you back man I appreciate you coming
2: uh it's a pleasure uh chatting with you whether in recorded form or in person I have to say that it's it's been years my friend since I've uh clicked with someone about a sort of a I guess a shared I wouldn't say a shared pain and that's not necessarily <laughs> a burden but there's a, a there's got to be a word that merges those two. That somehow you know uh, explains our upbringing in Kentucky because <laughs> yeah. it is a it is a strange place with outsized power and not you know that goes back historically a long long right. time the uh, the arguably the Kentucky militia is one of the reasons why we have the United States right now because them coming to the rescue in Virginia at one point turned the tide of the Revolutionary War and you know these these guys were counted on for this the, these were the the guys that fought from the trees the the guys who you know and that that explains a lot about how stuff operates in kentucky you know what i mean and we're um, barely out of the trees so let's i see. agree yes we were still comfortable being uh primates you're yes. we like oh, we should have never left the trees this all fell apart when we left the tree. Well, we put I, on shoes. <laughs> that's right. Shoes are a mistake. Um, yeah. except when there's birds around and of course ticks and snakes and you're going waiting. And you know what? I'm gonna put my shoes on. Um yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fascinating aspect of you know, um, and I don't what what city did you grow up in in, in Kentucky? What was your primary oh. I Louisville, grew up okay. in
0: Louisville, and my mom uh, lived in Frankfurt, not too far from where you were living. Actually, about three miles from where you were. Wow! Living. And uh, and she worked in uh, state government. But by then, I was uh, a teenager and knew enough not to move to Frankfurt. So I, <laughs> I, I, I,
2: I will remove Louisville. that dagger from my heart, young man, <laughs> yeah. and I will I will see you two more daggers. That said, <laughs> um, if for those that don't know, uh, oftentimes uh there are several jokes about Kentucky that are running jokes about the place one is how do you pronounce the capital of of Kentucky Louisville or Louisville and the answer is of Frankfurt. course Frankfurt <laughs> yeah. and um and the proper way to pronounce Louisville is to nearly choke to death you want to drive ooh. yeah you want to drive yeah. that glottal way back into back your again. throat yeah into Tom Brokaw land where just the <laughs> ooh, ooh, Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> I'm from Lowell. Right. That's right. Right. You can't say Louisville. We know you're not a native. That's that's right. And and Lexington um picked up mid nineties, maybe late 80s, but mid 90s are really great some steam as being called Lexington. Yeah. Um, largely because of its friendliness to the gays. So can, that became the city where people could live freely a little bit was Lexington. And they they were sort of some like like interpersonal and universal. social. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. of college, because of the college and the kind of college it was. You know, UK being, you know, a medical school and more open and therefore requiring a little more education, Louisville being kind of just a state but, school, like a yeah. pretty good one, but.
0: Well, and then again, it Kentucky's okay unless you're talking about basketball. And then, you know, that there was a- Then one, it's a war. That, yeah, then there was that one picture- I remember after the Freddie Gray riots and they said, what is this a, a picture of people rioting against police in Baltimore? No, no, no. It's people rioting
2: in Kentucky. Cause they want a basketball game. Right. That's, that's because, the they, won. Yes, because so they, they won. Yes. They won. Right. Which is, I mean, that we'll put a, we'll put a pin in that for our, our future conversations that deal with Kentucky sports, wherein I will argue that the problem with baseball at uh, basketball or well specifically basketball and soccer is that there is not enough violence and that's the problem with it it's 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 more aggressive than baseball and therefore people expect a little more energy and when they don't get it they take it out on each other whereas football is so painful everybody leaves the place going glad that didn't happen to me yeah um but 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 it's level, also, yeah
0: it's also kentucky is also the school that paul bear bryant an infamous racist left because he thought it was two races because adolf Rupp was running everything and with a guy named right. Adolf running everything yeah, and it, and yeah.
2: <laughs> right well and you know i always every time i um you know i i think about that name in particular i think we all lucked out that the reindeer story um you know that reindeer are spelled with an r otherwise you know we would have had Adolf, you know, the the red nosed antelope would have thrown a uh, monkey wrench in the whole thing. It's a terrible, terrible story, by the way, and not to be told at Christmas. That said, so Louisville, I lived in Louisville till I was, I think we were, I was four. We lived there for two years from when I was two to when I was four. We moved from West Virginia. We were out there for a little while because my dad had a, like he, he's an architect and he would do like state rehab kind of projects and that right. kind of stuff and he went back to working for the state government but they moved us to louisville to work on one particular thing whatever which it was, was and we, which was do
0: you, you remember
2: i yeah i don't because there were a ton more right after that so we move he moves there to do kind of just run of the mill whatever the you know the cap the um like the city hall building probably in louisville and we were there for two years and the tornado hit that was the yes. big tornado. A story. That ripped- you
0: got it. Yeah. 1974, April 3rd. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's, that's, I had asked, we had talked about a favorite Louisville or a favorite Kentucky story. Yeah. But, uh, I, but, but go ahead. I, I mean, I remember that very, very well, but go ahead. Were you in Louisville at the time? Yep. I was, uh, I was riding down, I was with my, in the morning, I was with my brothers and sisters watching near Seneca high school, watching the clouds roll in. And we actually got to see the one of the tornado, the tornado that started where you live. Yeah. At the time. That's right. Through, and then it, um, I remember it going by Bowman Field, and you could see little planes being tossed in the air as mm-hmm. this thing moved by. It looked like a big giant tit. On the ground that's the only way to describe it i thought yeah well, it a cloud that looks like a titty and <laughs> because oh, i yes. was a teenager and you know right. that's how i assumed yeah that's you everything. you
2: got three points of reference <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> uh very and very seldom do tornadoes look like a penis i'm sure it <laughs> happens sometimes but <laughs> nah. uh it, it, but never uh circumcised i suppose so yeah, the that's... point being though right where you were seeing that and for the people that don't know it's like a huge wide gigantic tornado but it also those kind tend to break up and lift and fall and lift and fall. Unlike the narrow yeah. ones, which cut a, a direct path. And that specific one struck the house behind us, hopped over our house and destroyed the house across the street. And, and one of the reasons we moved was like, my dad was like, you don't get another chance like that kids out. We're yeah, going and we went and the house we bought in Peaks mill is behind a hill where, there is no way a tornado could form. It was literally one of the decisions that my dad, because he wasn't home. It was me and my sister and my mom hiding in the basement. And he was like, he, he was out of town. It was, in, I think in Cincinnati doing work for the U- UFC where he had gone and he was supposed to come back or whatever. And then it hit, and nobody could go anywhere. And, and so we hid in the basement and it did, the fact that it didn't just tear the house off was amazing, but he was like, no, that's it. I'm not having my kids in a, you know, in this area, no, it's not happening. No, no bye, everybody. Pack your shit. Uh, if God didn't pack your shit for you, I will get everything in a box. We're going, to... and we live in Peaks Mill, in the middle of nowhere. Specifically for that reason, I didn't have a television until I was till I moved to Chicago when I was fourteen. Wow, because you couldn't get reception out there because of the hill. Yeah, but that and I we had, I then, we very...
0: didn't have cable back then either. Remember, no. this. yeah, no cable. No, there was get out
2: now, but I I have hey, running water though. Yeah, right. It'd always run away, <laughs> yeah, I and mean, when it when it was sometimes when it rained, it'd run right through your living room. Um, that's run. That's kind of running water we had. So yeah. in Peaks Mill, that wasn't a joke because at one point uh, the peak uh, there's a uh, Elkhorn Creek, which yep. was a fully functioning creek, and then there was the dry uh, like Peaks Mill Creek, which was a drainage thing. Once they had blasted the road through, they created a hole and and most and it went it kind of reinvigorated this old dry creek and our house was surrounded by water whenever it would when it would right. rain really heavy and at one point we were we were on a little mound like our house was just slightly raised and the water was all the way up to the edge of the mound all the way around and we had a canoe in the front yard to get to where we parked the cars up on the road on the hill so cut, like and there was a stone wall we would climb up there's like a little walkway through the stone wall that had broken down ye- through years of civil war soldiers and and engines and and <laughs> locals and col- col- you know like a, and NASCAR race. yeah everybody just walking right through there and that's what you would do you would canoe over to it and you get out of the canoe and walk and get up to the road and just drive the car from there where the, it was raised well above that was peaks mill but in louisville i have a very distinct like three or four distinct memories that was very young it was from when i was two to when i was four but there are those things that stick with you and one of the things was I had a babysitter. My mom and dad worked all the time. And we had this woman who ran, you know, these days we would call it an unlicensed daycare center, but she would just be this lady that babysat the kids Um, all, you know, and there would be like eight of us from the houses around. My sister was four years older than me and this woman, bless her heart. And I still like my mom, will know her name, but I won't, I can't remember it off the top of my head, nor would I know it, you know, without asking. Had no fingers. She her she had a birth defect where she had no fingers on her hands. She had a part of a functioning thumb, and then she had fingernails that grew out of the tips of what would be sort of of nubs, but they were yeah Yeah. that were like, but but her and her hands it looked like a cross between a birth defect and that she had burned them in a fire. But they were you know they were normal. She hadn't they she was born that way. But it was that kind of if it helps people imagine in her in there. But she. I remember her cooking chicken noodle soup all the time and she would have to, she didn't, she couldn't use oven mitts because she didn't have any thumbs to put them in. So she would, she had this way of like scooping up her, like these little pads or a towel and pulling the soup off the thing hot with her hands. And, and I I like all, it it was always Campbell's chicken noodle soup. That's all she made for us ever. We'd always have it at the same time. And then the rest of my time was that we'd either play everybody play games in the living room or just make a mess out of her house and then she'd clean it up every day and it gave her purpose and that's great. But she also had a playground kind of thing that she had set up in the backyard of like a swing and a a, a, you know a little slide and a small like seesaw or whatever. And it was, it seemed like one of those things, it was like a good idea at the time when she put it out there, but it was you know, it was the 70s. So it was rusted over and just a, it was like a tetanus machine. It was like it was like a, how to inject tetanus into children as fit as efficiently as possible. And so it was just and I would sit there like one of the, I remember, one of the benefits. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would sit and you couldn't use it for that very reason. My mom wouldn't let me play on it. She's a nurse. She knows what tetanus does. And she's like, <laughs> The one good thing this kid's got going for him is his vocabulary and his ability to speak. I don't want lockjaw <laughs> entering the picture, right? When he's becoming, you know, ambulatory and verbal. Um, and so I would just stand. I remember. I could draw you a picture of her back door. Cause the, it was one of those glass doors, half glass doors, but it was lower than normal, which I always felt like it was a particular act of cruelty. It was just so I at my tiny diminutive height could stare out this glass and go back can, God can't break that swing set. It's rusty. It's I'm going to run. I can't, I'm not allowed. I can't. That was it. And, uh, And the other aspect, of course, was two houses down from us. There was this house that looked like the Edward Scissorhands mansion, and it had wild growth all around it. It it looked, for all the world, abandoned like the Adams family or something. But people lived there. And I don't remember. This is when your your brain shifts to myth. But I don't remember ever seeing those folks that lived there. I may have. Boo Radley lived there, I believe. (laughs) right the the ghost of boo radley right haunted the place um when he couldn't be in town um but but i very distinctly remember that place always smelling like a campfire and that's partly kentucky kentucky to me smells like a campfire because of all the camping we did because of all the outdoor stuff because of boy scouts because of going down to Pikeville for the jamboree for because of spending time in E Town and and uh, you know Elizabeth Town to the who's at home, oh, um,
0: yeah, E Town, yeah.
2: <laughs> we went, we went my to cousin a,
0: had a, a my cousin had a farm near E Town, and uh, we, we would go there. And I'd never seen anybody ring a chicken's neck before. <laughs> oh yeah, that's <laughs> so. It's, so it's, my my aunt Bill and Uncle Beverly. Now there's a name for you. Both of them are sure. kind of, That would be Uncle Bill and Aunt Beverly, but it was Aunt Bill and Uncle Beverly and Aunt mm-hmm. Aunt Bill would pick up she had a a chicken's coop right next to her kitchen, which was in the back. Yep. She'd walk out to the chicken coop, pick up a chicken, and wring its neck and, mm-hmm. and here's dinner. I'm going i, I, I I'm not eating that shit. yeah <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs>
2: well i I used to do oh say so, so my next door neighbors um. Um, when I grew up, had a chicken coop. They had uh, two horses. One came and went. They kind of sold it at one point, but they had one. Sure, horse, that uh, was that was stew on Sunday. Come on. Yes, right. Yeah, right. Burgoo, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> and they had a couple of well, because they had a couple of cattle, and then they they would press and grow tobacco. That was their main stuff. But the, the dad, my you know Butch, uh, I told was, you it was
0: tobacco anyway. That's right.
2: Something. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll get to that in a moment <laughs> as well. well yeah. But they. But they had a chicken coop, and um, and Betty, uh, uh, my my best friend's mom, growing up, who you know taught me basically how to wring a chicken's neck. She's like, she goes, if you try, if you wait at all, you're gonna hurt them. If you just do it right away, and it's all done. The problem with people trying to do it is that they try to be nice about it, and you can't be whack. And she just picks this chicken up like she was a snake, waiting for it to look the other way, and just <laughs> right in front of me, I was like, and damn yeah. if it didn't just stop making any noise or movements at all and when we look, that was it and she just she goes now go tear the feathers off this and so no, i spent no, no. the afternoon pulling feathers off this just kind of like traumatized yeah. by this thing but i did it you know two or three times on their yeah. farm exactly. when it, when they would ask me to was that outside uh, of and, town? no that was in, outside that was in peaks mill that was, in, was outside, in outside of frankfurt yeah okay. that was uh, that was in peaks mill and um but in in like in Louisville like I said we moved when I was 4 um to there but we would go to like um I I remember very distinctly at one point we went to a I want to say it was a scout meet or a, like we would have like scouts took me all over Kentucky that was the one thing where I saw more of Kentucky doing scouts than anything else because of a lot of it was in eastern Kentucky a lot of scouting in eastern Kentucky versus the bigger cities you know what I mean it's a right. bigger thing right and 4H if you're in 4H head hearts, head hill. <laughs> right? You're you in four, eight, just like that. That's <laughs> yeah. Four, You're Right. So, um, I, I remember we went to Middlesboro and, um, for people that don't know, Middlesboro is the farthest you can get from the middle of Kentucky. Without being in Tennessee, practically, it's like right on the the Tennessee Kentucky border. That tells you how East- well
0: they know math in Kentucky. That's right, that yes. Middle'sboro.
2: Right, <laughs> they, they yes. Uh, you, many of you will perhaps one day driving through Kentucky see a sign that says Ver, uh, Versailles. And no, you haven't. You've seen, You've Versailles, seen Versailles, Kentucky, Kentucky. You've seen Versailles, uh, and but but still, you know you what know, famous wait,
0: movie uh, was shot near there, near Versailles the great race tony
2: oh Earth. the great race
0: that the scene where there's oh, yeah. outside of paris and it's a stone wall and the tires flat and they're in the leslie Eight or whatever that was shot outside of her sales. and i wow i
2: i i, I, I did not know that i did not know that <laughs> yeah. well my uh so my dad uh after my parents got divorced my dad was living in frankfurt proper he got this uh like apartment
0: proper about frankfurt but go ahead no
2: not really no uh and 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 by the way the the as an adult now i'm aware of what is effectively the frankfurt swingers set that i'm sure is not that different from the upper class parts of louisville and some sections of it but bored rednecks that are ambulatory and at least marginally sexually attractive are the first people to dive into these weirdo groups (laughs) it's like next stop the villages but that but um, my dad had this, like, like hipster apartment in in Frankfurt they lived in. It was, like, all wood, and I'll never forget. It always smelled like apple juice because he didn't know how to have kids around, and he always had to have something for me to drink. So it smelled like, you know, he always had apple juice. Therefore, my memory, the place oh, smelled like apple juice, right? But the, you know, if you look at sort of I, – I love downtown Frankfurt. I will say this. I do love the old colonial – architecture that's still there the armory the yes. you know the main street down there has a lot of traditional architecture and the and the library with its spiral it's um it's um whatever compression staircase or whatever they play where it has no yep. supports it's it's just a stone laid on the stone there's some wonderful architecture to that stuff and the maintenance of it was my dad's job in a lot of ways wow. working for the state his He's a he was he's a master of traditional architecture.
0: So when was your pop working for the state? It was that was the seventies.
2: Yeah, to, the same till, time my mom was working eight, for the state till eighty two. Coincidence? Oh, wow. I think not. I think not. And
0: then my yeah, uncle, till, of course, is a member of the legislature. But we'll get it after the yeah. break. We'll get into all that.
2: But I want to finish your your story about right. <laughs> so <laughs> the you know getting all uh, like if you get all over Kentucky and you recognize that this is not one of those states where you kind of write it off as part of the South because it wants to identify as a South, but then so does Wisconsin and they're practically Canada. Right. So there's a weird thing. It's where my joke came out about like the South now starts 15 miles in any direction outside of any major city. As soon as the lights dim behind you, it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you'll, you'll see like, I said yeah. too close together. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's like poser South, you know, it's like people who, yeah, Yeah, because they're they're not, not. they're frankly aren't. And Kentucky was a split state during the civil war. One of the biggest things you grow up with, and I'm, and I'm sure this was your experience to some degree. And the thing you hear about is, is brother against brother. That was the defining characteristic of the civil war for Kentucky. And so you have a different perspective about the civil war and what it took to join one side or the The other. other. Yeah. Versus, yeah, you know, right. if you live, you know, it 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 allows you, I think, a depth of understanding or a depth of 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 the complexity of it, without pretending that it wasn't about slavery. That's not what I'm talking about. No, but no, what it there t- was
0: none of that. When we were growing up, there was how there was. I, that's the one thing that I push back against all the time. I was, you know, um, yeah, the Louisville thought of itself as, uh, you know, it was Hunter Thompson who said a southern city with northern problems. It thought of itself and still does to some extent, depending on. Whether you're, if you go to Fairdale or Fern Creek or some of them real redneck parts, mm-hmm. like, they definitely uh, identify with the South. But if you live, oh, yeah. in, of all places, if you live in the Cherokee Triangle, Triangle, which is mm-hmm. of all places where Mitch McConnell lives, we'll get into that in the next segment. Right. That's a very progressive area. And the schools I went to, I was taught that, you know, Robert E. Lee was a traitor and yep. that the southern cause was about slavery i didn't get any of this crap that we hear now until much much later and right um, that you know that and
2: that brings up that was like patchwork you yeah. know that they were doing after the fact because they were aware that that you know that we were all being taught the reality of that situation because he was and it was right yes you're it, saying
0: it, yeah well that's the, the one story that you know we had talked about stories and here's the one that i uh, that brings me home to kentucky all the time it's i remember my grandmother and my grandfather marched with martin luther king when he came to louisville uh he was very uh very much into civil rights and his Mm -hmm. next door neighbor would drop the n-word at the drop of a hat it Mm -hmm. did not like he just did not like black people and um, there was a redneck kid in in our neighborhood who actually i got in a fight with two or three times on up by the time i'm seven years old him and his 10-year-old brother would like to pick on because they called the a sand n-word or or, or yeah or, right or ahab the Arab because we're living yeah in. and right. uh you know i i didn't you know and i got called greaser and i thought that was a guy that changed the you know <laughs> changed the oil down at the lubrac you know sure, sure. that's a guy who's changing the oil in my car you know as yeah. well as kike wop dago i, I you name it they never yeah. got the slur right
2: but my dad took me. He said, Look, yeah, got- that's that's one of my problems with the Kentucky Rednecks. Is like, God, get it right. You know what yes, I mean? Because- just don't be slapdash that with the is names a you're calling. Kentucky Redneck. Me. Right. You
0: can tell a Kentucky Redneck because they don't know you just ain't us. So my yeah. pop said, Look, I gotta take you to uh, you, you're gonna go take boxing lessons and you're gonna learn to defend yourself because there's a lot of you know kids like this in the neighborhood. And um I thought of the dichotomy of this one day when our Louisville Police Athletic League uh, guy who was teaching us to boxes. I'm going to bring in one of my old uh, students, and he's going to meet with you, and, and, and you can see what a good boxer looks like. And who walked into this class but Muhammad Ali?
2: Well, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I set I'm the going, bar a little higher why don't you?
0: Yeah, that's right. So and uh So
2: first thing I should be gigantic. Okay, that helps. All right. Yeah, one of his <laughs> legs
0: was as big around as me. Right, like, exactly. And we all got this shadow box with him for a you know, a few minutes and I remember the old Richard Pryor bit about how he got in you know, for a benefit and he thought what if he has one of those Joe Frazier flashbacks and he gets popped in the face cuz one of his you know, punches would get I'm scared to death kid, and, and and he's doing he's talking trash to all the little kids He goes, yeah my boy looks pretty much, nice and clean but look at me I'm so mean and I'm going I'm going to die but of <laughs> right. we, we all took a picture with him and I remember when I, I my my grandfather was so proud and my dad was so proud hell I think my grandfather kept that picture but it was right. the idea that um is as different as we were it, it, he was one of the first guys. He had actually helped defend Muhammad Ali at, at one time, get him away from Louisville in his law firm. And he said, right. "Every man has a right to be called whatever name he wants to be called." And he almost got in a fight with his next door neighbor because he wouldn't call him Muhammad Ali. He kept calling him Cassius Clay. And right, I thought, right. "Wow, what a weird place Louisville is." <laughs> what, sure, sure. What a weird place Kentucky is, and that so that's and the smells. Well, you are, have a- Oh was, yeah, go ahead. I'll go back no, real quick. The the smell I remember, you're right, it's camping and for me it was Beargrass Creek. And I just remember the smell of Beargrass Creek, which was mm-hmm. basically a large sewage hole. <laughs> <That's>...
2: <laughs> well, I I got, you know, I I appreciate that that smell has followed you the rest of your life. <laughs> right. I um,
0: I smell it it's... everywhere. <laughs>
2: I find uh, you know one of the things I found fascinating growing up, and and people have to understand, I did not have a very normal upbringing. In that my my dad would take me to rendezvous, and in, and in, uh, in Friendship, Indiana, we slept in teepees. We had a we had our own teepee at Friendship for years. My dad still goes in Indiana for people that don't know it, whatever is it one of the rendezvous points between the natives and the French. And so this campground has been maintained and it's, a uh, people go, sh- go there and shoot old flintlocks and they live in teepees and there's an old log cabin on the, on the property that's been there since Christ, the early 1800s. Wow. Yep. Um, there's a creek that I played in there all of my life. I ran around in mox- moccasins and, uh, and, uh, my, I have I still have my buckskins from when I was a kid. They're now my, you know, they'll fit my kids sometime soon, which is nice um they they last quite a long time that's the thing about buckskins that 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 was the thing so I and growing up that way my you know my dad you know we made musket balls in a lead press in the backyard over a you know basically a pot on a fire you know that kind of like that kind of thing like not I I I don't even do jokes in my stand-up this is what Kentucky's left me with I don't even do jokes in my stand-up about Kentucky because even Kentuckians are like you did what now do what do what now so um because it was so far down that way but that attachment to history that came from that and the fact that my dad worked in period architecture um like like i said when it when they rebuilt the the state library i think it was it's like this old wooden building this other building they'd had that was that's a landmark when they had to fix part of it after the flood my dad insisted on using square nails that like they were made back then, so they kept it to the type of wood, and they used square nails to replace all that. And my dad and I made those square nails in a press in the backyard. We just sat wow. out there for days on end just pressing these square nails in these molds. Wow. Um, yeah, so uh, the fascinating thing of, about Kentucky of, is what and,
0: was that out of smell I'm sorry out of you the, the iron you made them yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: you just get you get blocks of this kind of uh, like yeah. old ore that they have, and then you boil it down. You, you boil it down. You you heat it up till yep. it's molten, and then there's this the the thing scoops the mold, out, and you yeah. bang it on the side, and then you just let it sit. It's not like quite blacksmithing because these things are you know it's like a die cast. So, right. but you make you can make multiple ones at once, and you tor- turn it over, and then you hammer it, and then they fall out, and you dip it in water, and that's out. It's like a process. But my dad and I did that all you know one summer. And one of the fascinating things about Kentucky is, and this is kind of maybe it's, it's curiousness in its position geographically, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's iconic hold on some levels of uh, like Americana in that we, you know, I mean, look at the people that come out of there. You, me, Johnny Depp, uh, George Clooney, Muhammad Ali, something's in the water, obviously. Diane Sawyer. Um, but yeah Diane Sawyer, that's right. Um, and that is not the reason she let me massage her calves that one time. It, <laughs> it had nothing to do with a Kentucky bond. It was something else I don't
0: got
2: doubt it. it. so save that for another episode <laughs> of the Kentucky Chronicles <laughs> Kentucky Anna told by two Kentucky boys who shouldn't be talking this late at night but um <laughs> the, the fascinating thing is the name of all the cities because between like Louisville, which is clearly, you know, uh, a, a a name from when the British, you know, were more in control of the areas, or reference well, to King people. King Louis,
0: it was yeah, King, and uh, from France actually. King, King, uh, yes, right. 15. King
2: Louis, yes, and and the and well, the, and the bridge between the the like the native tribes and the French that were through there. The monarchy helping us fight the British, so Louisville gets that name. Lexington, um, and you know, which is not that weird. Nicholasville, yeah. Yeah. right. Right, Nicholasville, which is uh, you know, czar Nicholas, uh, I guess. Yeah. And uh, and we do have a London and a Paris. We yeah. have a Versailles, which uh, they still call uh, you know, r- uh, Russell Street. We have a, we have a Monticello, we have Glasgow, we have Monkey's Paul. P- we have right, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, those those some of those we made up. We have a Petersburg, we have a St. Petersburg, but it's a Petersburg just right. without the Saint part. Um. Don't, don't and then the rest if of your Simpson fan. We have a Springfield. That's right. We do have a Springfield. Yeah. That's right. We, there's a lot of Springfields. It's interesting yeah. because that was just kind of a a marker. Here's another field we can plant things in the spring. spring. Whatever <laughs> shall we call it? Right. So um, Anyway, mm-hmm. but so, like there's all there was. What I would call sort of the 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 Southern gentleman concept that Jefferson was a part of. Um the hope for a new enlightenment plays out very much however it fails in its modern incarnations in the creation of Kentucky in the in the territory that became Kentucky and then Kentucky the idea was that this would be a forward-thinking place
0: yeah and and that was um and it was named you know Kentucky depending on which Native American tale you believe was was named that way because it was a dark and bloody ground where they fought, or it was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> symbolic of a meadowland. But to your point, one of the things I've always noticed is that if you start from packville you know where the mm-hmm. Hatfields and McCoys, that era there. Oh era, yeah. Well, that's east. You go all the way to the west to Paducah and Owensboro, where you were talking about Johnny Depp and that you and can Murray. See, and yeah, you can just see the sweep of that history. By the time you're getting to the western part of Kentucky. You're damn near to St. Louis, and that's the Midwest, and mm-hmm. you know, that it just there's a whole swath. Kentucky, to me, has always showed you know had such diversity in in how it mm-hmm. approached. I mean, Louisville and uh, Frankfurt, Lexington, Covington had enough of of, of a mix that was, and most of the population, which is why we didn't end up you know part of the South. Uh, one of the mm-hmm. reasons why we didn't end up part of the South. And there was that was there was such a racial diversity there. Right. And then of course in nineteen, I think it was nineteen oh one. We we had almost what happened with Lincoln. There was a governor who was assassinated almost the same way as Lincoln was. And the history of Kentucky is just a condensation of the history of the United States. And I guess you could say that about a lot of states. But the diversity of like you were talking about of things that came through. well not the
2: dakotas or wyoming i will say one of the things that is that is true about the like the sort of history of it and you can tell by the fact that cincinnati's named after an indian tribe and 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 louisville being this branch point between the french and the indians meeting and and having powwows and 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 reaching some levels of treaties at certain points um as by the way the you know those trade points becoming an area where as much as people sort of have a, a Thanksgiving idea of what the relationships were between the uh, the two, at those points, especially around Louisville and that area, they were the, the natives were buying guns and d- using those guns to drive other tribes off the lands and pushing further um, west themselves. So the you know the Dakotas and all that kind of stuff, the lands taken by the you know Dakota, the the taken by the Lakota, as the French described it and and Louisville being this place where this is a safe ground where if you mess around here the the french will send their troops the, you know it's interesting cuz the french history in the in the americas is very much similar to sort of the spanish history in the americas yeah. and it, it, it has a lot of it's just the north and south version is that basically the the british grab the middle and we're going to move their way across and the and it's like the spanish and the french try to pincer move essentially and they would try to deal with the, you know, the tribes and hence the sort of Spanish speaking native tribes of the Southwest and the French speaking tribes of the North, uh, Northeast and the central, the center of the country headed down there. And then sort of the retreat back, because you could argue that, um, that more than anything else, the existence of Canada is almost the, is, uh, Tecumseh's retreat line. Yeah, yeah. Tecumseh had sided with the Brits and they'd failed in these multiple raids where they were burning cities yeah. and and they just fled back to this line that the Brits had kind of laid out and they were like, all right, if we cross this line to chase these guys down, we've got to get, it, uh, you know, they got reinforcements and the like, so let's just stop here. And essentially that's what created almost a direct line across it. You can almost, it's like somebody, the Canadian and American border is like somebody drew with a stroke of a pen straight across the top of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it But for some, (laughs) yeah, right. Well, and in Kentucky sort of being in the, in, you know, in the beating heart of the established area, it was never at fear. So it became this, this, you know, this crisscross point where, you know, we got a Daniel Boone, um, statue and he's buried in Frankfurt. His, you know, uh, his, his body's in that crypt in that crazy overgrown cemetery in Frankfurt. (laughs) Right,
0: something straight out of an Anne Rice novel.
2: <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yeah, it look, like it's like Daniel Boone and sixty five vampires. Like yeah, it, I would be shocked if anybody else in that ce- cemetery doesn't have a stake through their heart before the lid was closed. <laughs> yeah. it's so spooky. Um, yeah. and they would take us there on like school yeah, trips. That's right. Like,
0: we went there for a goddamn school. Yes, we, we, the first thing we we went on a two hour trip from back then. You know, sixty four was being built, but we drove from Louisville to Frankfurt to visit the state capital, you know, part of our, our you know yeah.
1: trip. Touch Lincoln's uh, toe.
0: Yeah. And and yes. And the first stop we made was to that cemetery. I'm going, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going in there. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah. And it for people that don't know, like and 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 God knows what, you know, I haven't been back in, you know, at a decade and a half. Maybe they've trimmed uh, the the
0: bushes by then. Right,
2: maybe. I kind of doubt it. And if they hadn't, I'm going to go knock on Bashir's door and go, hey, dude, can we do something about this? (laughs) It's about time. Can we form some sort of NGO little, like, preserve the cemetery thing, like save the clock tower in the Back of the Future movies? Because I feel like it's going to matter when these things come back to life. When, you know, Daniel Boone Vampire Hunter is written. (laughs) Right. Um,
0: or supernatural season sixteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes.
2: So, and and maybe people don't know this, but there is a giant statue in the rotunda in Frankfurt, in the capital of of Abraham Lincoln, because Illinois, as much as it's you know the land of Lincoln or whatever you it was we. we he split his law. He was born, his, in, he's born, in, born yeah. in Kentucky. Absolutely. Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, learned, he learned law and how to wrestle in a little log cabin there with its, you know, whatever, learned to read and be, a, uh, again, a Southern gentleman, and, an yes. articulate child of the Enlightenment, which was yes. the point. And I feel like that's the one thing that if we're going to salvage democracy in its truest form and get people back to have some sort of like touchstone that we can start finding a bridge with is if we start reintroducing the possibility that was the standard for a good long while of the Southern gentleman amongst these folks, you know, that, that you, that learning another language and learning about the world and not being consumed by what you're learning, but, but allow it, you know, you can absorb it into what you know and have it be part of your ethic and your world without, you know, like, if I read that, it's like a spell it'll hypnotize me which is what's happened now well
0: yeah i mean that we were never it was just it was different i i I mean yes there was a brief moment i thought in the 70s right after reagan left office and before i mean right after nixon left office or ford Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. during the carter years before reagan came into office where i thought things were and i talked to another friend of mine that went to high school with me i mean we went through you were a little, you were a little young for that, but we went through the court order desegregation, and there was mm-hmm. bus for for integration, and so right, Boston and Louisville were considered very violent. They were in the news every night, but look, we were all wearing the same platform shoes, the wide ties. White guys had afros, and we're mm-hmm. all listening to P Funk. I mean, it was you know, mm-hmm. it was there was right listening to the same music. It, it was you know, we thought there was a moment where, and this was in Louisville, and I mean, this is not you know this, this wasn't New right York this City. is san
2: francisco or yeah, something this right this
0: is louisville and we thought well diversity is the key and we'll figure out how we get there together and right. so it, no one you know when when we had school dances for example and i remember several of them were you know there were there were interracial couples and nobody said yeah. shit about it nobody right cared. same here and yeah and, and and so today's seems far worse than growing up in louisville in the 70s
2: did to me yeah well, I, I here's here's what I blame. You know what I blame? Branding. Yeah. There was this big movement about 15 years ago to, that branding is key in everything, and that as social media and internet and and being a YouTube star or an Instagram star or whatever became a thing, it, everybody talks about what's your individual brand. What's the most saleable, obvious thing about you right out of the gate? What do, when they see you? What it should reflect your brand. And the problem is. It, it took every immutable characteristic that people experience and turned it into part of your brand. So you're, you know, it's not that you're a musician that does anything, but you're, but you're you know, an Afrocentric Cubano b- musician or, or it's, a, you know, it's a specific t- type of like redneck bluegrass, like Scottish Irish mix of blah, blah, like everything, the more you could narrow cast, the more you could guarantee yourself an audience and the more specific you could get, well, it was easier to go straight for, well, what's your immutable characteristics? You can jump on that immediately. Tell your right. truth about being that thing. Well, the problem is your truth about that thing, quite frankly, in a bound society is fairly boring. Yes. And it was for a long time. It really, really was. But once you start having to draw those lines and your financial well-being is based on those lines, and that kind of brings us back to the brother against brother aspect of the households in Kentucky during the Civil War, was that once it mattered. Families split forever in a lot of those cases. And, and you had some yes. parents who had a son who died on either side of the war in Kentucky. And, you know, at, uh, at that time, you know, old people like my great grandmother, my mima, and and the like, they 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 knew people who had a son who fought for the South and a son who fought for the North. And they both died. Yeah. And that ended that family. That family was that was the last hope for them having a child. That was a full grown boy on both sides. And that was that. You know, that's how things were done back then. And so they had this chip on their shoulder about the thing happening in the first place. And when, who do you fall on if you're that old or whatever? Like, who who were they fighting for? It's probably that person's fault. That's how old people worked back then. That's how village thinking worked back it,
0: then. Well, and We don't move past it though. Yeah, we do. Well, and to your point, look, there was the, the Mr. Baird, the guy who lived next door to my grandfather was, uh, I think he was 75 or 80 back then. His dad- I think it was his dad or his uncle mm-hmm. fought in the Civil War. His right. family, his he and he I remember he was from the south. His brothers he, his uncle's siblings or or mm-hmm. descendants lived in Louisville in the north part of town. They were in the Cherokee Triangle area. They hadn't spoken to each other in two generations because yep. of the Civil War. And right. I, those were to, you know, there were survivors when I was a kid or at least mm-hmm. children of survivors of that war that were still around and and that's why i think you know you, you talk about branding i think when branding
2: became popular people decided well what the hell i'm a redneck southern conservative and that's exactly right yeah. and and the and the value of the confederate flag um you know oh. as a, as something more than just something that the that the skinner boys took or was on the top of the general, general lee, lee. suddenly right. had heritage attached to it and that's where some element element of historical ownership belongs to the the children of the people affected or the people who did the affecting which is uh as a human being alive right now is is garbage it's why we don't have a monarchy in this country i mean if there's any example of why you know these kind of things don't pass down generation to generation um the america was built on the idea that we got to put a stop to that then unless you earn your keep or you uh, or you've experienced your pain, the idea that you're going to inflict it on somebody else is ridiculous. And that's how we got the monarchy in the first place. And the entire country is based on getting out from under the monarchy. That said, the history of Kentucky peppered with, you know, like a a back and forth in the solution, like Mount Vernon, Kentucky is in the just on the edge of the southern part of Kentucky. It's dead center. You know, it's an area where and that is named after uh, whatever washington's uh or, or yeah washington's estate right. or jefferson's estate basically.
0: no monticello but, yeah. And, yeah yeah we, yeah we got a monticello too like you said
1: yes
2: right you got a monticello and a mount vernon both of them yeah. named after the first two presidents uh you know uh, estates essentially yeah and saying that's what and and you got to recognize that in conflict to some of the places that are named after territories in england still yeah, some of the places that are named after monarchs themselves, of all sorts. Again, three or four of them, as different fiefdoms showed up and tried to establish little things like, oh, maybe, maybe we send uh, some people over there and then we work our way out from the center. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, Nicholasville. Well, I think it's good, right? Put it, put it here, and then you'll spread like a virus, right? <laughs> yes. Like uh, that's not that out. That that's not that crazy a thought at that time. Oh, but but that that back and forth just name imagine naming your city your town or whatever declaring it a space and naming it specifically at that time when there's no there's no asphalt anywhere there's no right. there's only wagon trains there's a wood sign every so often that shows you basically where you're going that says fu to the town in the same state territory you're in but is um you know the much bigger place yeah Right. And there's tons of that in Kentucky. Now, people lost a bit of that history. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, look, I do want to take a quick break, because before. Yes. Before we leave, we want to actually talk a little bit about politics, but we've been into the history. So we'll we'll take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, you. Yeah, you. We're talking to you and we need your help. As you probably know, independent journalism is a vital pillar of our democracy. Like everything else, it's not free. We're asking all longtime listeners of the show to help support us by becoming a member on Patreon. For the price of a latte, you can help guard democracy. Join us today at patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast to help us keep bringing you the podcast you love and the facts you deserve. we're back. It's just asked the question. We're both doing Jimmy
2: Stewart and Pershing. Stewart and Persia, <laughs> during the break. It's a. Uh, it's that's what happens.
0: A, that's what. I, listen, but, you know, one of the things I want, and I, I like this as a continuing conversation. But let's let's talk about the politics of Kentucky. Who we have right now, James Boy, Homer, Yeah, uh, who's is a Kentu- native Kentuckian mitch mcconnell who isn't but you know he's been in kentucky forever and and of course Rand paul who had you know got beat up by his neighbor these are beggar star- i'm sorry i'm sorry i had something caught
2: i had We're some uh, yeah right uh,
0: but how in the hell i mean out of all the people right in kentucky i've never seen anyone that mitch mcconnell actually uh represents mm-hmm. i i mean i remember the first time i I went to interview him, nineteen seventy eight. He was the, he was a progressive, middle of the road Republican who right. had a civil rights commissioner, who was working with you know uh, women's rights, and then he went as as far right as possible. He is actually what was given. He is Ronald Reagan's legacy in the nineteen eighty four yeah. re election. He was the only only gain of that they had in the Senate was that seat. D Huddleston was the guy who was supposed to. To be, you know, he had was there. Uh Wendell Ford, who was a progressive, there were progressive Democrats in Kentucky until Mitch McConnell. And then he kind of squashed every squashed everything. And the when I went in to interview him in 78, I was in high school, I was running a high school newspaper. We were doing, I don't know if you remember Louisville was called The City of the 70s. And they had reinvigorated downtown Louisville. There was the 4th right. Street Mall, uh, Wacky Radio, where I worked for a while. I mean, it was very progressive. And um, mm-hmm. so we had done this. We had this idea to interview the mayor, Stansberry, and the uh, uh, county judge executive, which was Mitch McConnell. Uh, the the mayor was uh, under indictment, so he didn't talk to us. But <laughs> that's a typical Kentucky and so oh, yeah. we talked to Mitch. And before I went in my, my uncle, Pete, who was the chief justice of the Supreme court and had one point had dabbled with being a Republican until he ran into uh, and, until he ran into Mitch. He says, if you're going to go in to interview Mitch tomorrow, remember Mitch McConnell is about one thing. And I said, what's that? And he goes, Mitch McConnell,
2: Mitch McConnell. Right.
0: And that has been the same for the last 45 years. I don't, I, he has never changed how in the hell. I mean, you and I growing up in that environment, would you ever have picked Mitch McConnell to be the guy that lasted 45 or 40 years in the US Senate?
2: Yes, uh, and I'll I'll tell you why. Because um in terms of Kentucky, um the the voter base is fair to midland size-wise. It's not like Wyoming Dakota small, but right. it's nowhere near New York or even no, uh, you know like or California size or whatever. So those are the states where um the, you can get a go along to get along establishment person you know establish somebody in there that gets locked in once you get seniority and you can start doing some you know kicking back some stuff to the state itself and you can you know whether you do it or not by the way whether it's just the president doing it or the generalized senate doing it you can brag about it uh, because you're on certain committees that's why those committee seats are so important to a lot of folks and Kentucky hadn't necessarily had one right uh, previous to him and what he did was he got a toehold in there as far as what he could deliver for the state and there's there as far as like trucking and shipping during, from a couple of specific places and the surrounding industry um Needed to go someplace. It had, to, it had to, it needed an audience to sell to in terms of uh, a growing middle class, which burgeoned during the 80s to some degree in Kentucky as well, because there's money to be had. And anytime like Louisville and Lexington's horse industry alone is enough for a state that size to hang their hat on. And yeah. the two universities are also another money money maker for the state, as far as the trickle down or the trickle sideways. I would say of uh, restaurants and bars and and services and apartments and all that. And that don't comes forget off that.
0: Western Kentucky too. And uh, yeah, in Owensboro uh and then well in and, bowling and green the
2: corvette plant yeah, and yeah you know paducah being at the edge of stuff and again um my my grandfather was president of murray state university and there's a building named after him there and there's a bust of him outside the place and i'm very very proud and he was a great man and he ran for State Senate at one point and lost. <laughs> but we have all the stickers. So my dad would my dad cut up all the stickers that's that said Harry M. Sparks for state senator and uses them on his guitar cases. So it just is Harry M. Sparks because we all have the same name. And um so um, but w- that's exactly how that happens, and it's also to some degree, um, you know, a- again with my branding idea about how Rand Paul ended up in Kentucky because um if you go up if you carpet bag in wyoming or the dakotas or something like that or montana or something and you're that steamingly full of shit they they might not buy your your ron paul storyline and the ron paul re-love lucian yeah, stuff that's... that you would see around there where he was sort of quote-unquote anti-war when he actually wasn't the dude's just a friggin' foreign mole. I don't care what anybody says. Like everything his yes. entire, his entire presidential run was it was the first attempt at inflating a run in a massive way by foreign influence. And they did it everywhere they possibly could. I mean you traced back to just looking where the money came from and it's hilarious. But Rand Paul, but it created a myth of him as the libertarian Republican and, it, and his whole like uh, you know, audit the Fed nonsense. Spoke to a certain group of people who, and and in, you know, maybe in Kentucky with the the idea that we used to have gold in Fort Knox and now we don't. Which, by the way, we absolutely do.
0: I visited. Like the idea,
2: it. yeah, <laughs> right. The idea that there all the gold is gone in Fort Knox and now it's just paper. Or there's like a note there, like the Dumb and Dumber briefcase. Yeah, It's just stupid. And and but people still believe it. And Rand Paul effectively rode that in into a state that McConnell effectively controlled. And they were like, okay, this guy's, you know, he'll, he can make it. He can, he can run and win on a branding idea. And then we can keep him under the thumb and he can, I can pretend we're buddies because we're from the same state, but you know, and he shut him down a few times when he would have shut, you know, like stopped bills because of his supposed and Rand Rand bullshit libertarian leanings. Mitch was able to, you know, pull the choke chain the idea that rand is probably looking at the idea that mitch can't live forever and he'll become the senior guy from kentucky and therefore he'll get the committee spots and he'll do the exact same thing
0: he won't Um, be the he won't be the minority leader but he will get he'll be this he'll be the senior from kentucky and you're right and all of that was by the way what mitch engineered mitch engineered getting rid of Will ford forcing him to retire getting rid of d huddleston uh destroying the the democratic party and i blame the democratic party as much as anybody else also blame my uncle they tried to draft him to run for senate against uh mitch mcconnell uh, in his after harvey sloan dr harvey sloan had uh lost mm-hmm. to him and right uh, he had the votes he had the but his wife didn't want to move to dc because she said i just don't want to live there and so we've been stuck with that buckered
2: oh wow that's that's not it you don't have to move you can stay at home you don't have to go you get back and forth all the time happens all the time you know
0: to your point about Rand Paul all right back in the 80s I took a Mm -hmm. tour with uh they opened up you know uh, um they they opened up the gold reserve in Fort Knox and took reporters on a tour I was expecting something like out of Goldfinger you know we're gonna we're gonna walk through there and it's and it really wasn't it was just Stacks of stacks of gold bars and you didn't get to see all but you know you saw it and so when Rand Paul was on that rant about there's no gold there, I go, Well, how far back do you say there was no gold? And he goes, Well, they they removed that in the 60s and there's no gold there, you know. We, since we went off the gold standard, I'm going, I I
2: I I saw it. Saw it. no you did
0: yeah (laughs) that's just nonsense my own
2: eyes dude maybe they hide it when you come around like the good silverware um right
0: because
2: you'll write you'll you'll create a uh, yeah you'll create a commission of doctors that believes you need to have all the uh, uh, you know gold at all times and therefore write yourself a special certificate that makes you the winner of all the gold in Fort Knox and you can just drive (laughs) out with it but um so uh Fort Knox fascinating piece of uh personal family history and that Fort Knox is where they shot stripes Yes. Um, a lot of people don't know that. And, 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 Louisville, it's, and
0: downtown Louisville. I,
2: yes, that's yeah. right. And in it, you know, after Stripes was done, they had a cast party. They had a regular kind of when they went home, they had another cast party. But when they, they had a we're done rap party, they hired a bluegrass band to play like at, at the rap party. And then they had another band that would play like dance music after. So my dad was in the bluegrass band wow. that they hired to play, he sang and played guitar. And then afterwards, while they were having the dance music, there was this woman there. This is, again, after uh, my parents had divorced. And my dad was, you know, on the make, as the Sparks boys are wont to do. (laughs) And he spots this beautiful woman named Emily. And he walks over to her. And she's dancing with somebody. She's like, hey, old school, walks right up to her, taps on his shoulder and says, you mind if I cut in? And and my dad just steps right in, and starts dancing with Emily because he wants to meet her. And they ended up dating for like three, four years. And and the only reason they didn't stay together, I think, is because my dad had already had the snip, and she wanted kids, and that was that. You know, but she was lovely. But Emily was a wonderful woman, and I was glad to be around her when I was uh, preteen and all this stuff. She was nice to be around. The man she was dating, and she was da- she was she wasn't dating him. She was just dancing with him. Was uh, a guy named Bill Murray. <laughs> and my dad cut in <laughs> on Bill Murray with to to dance with Emily That's and story, yeah, yeah. and but at the time, there was a, you know, there had been talk about you know, the switch from the gold standard and what you know, is Fort Knox just a training facility now, and blah, blah blah. yeah. And my dad's sitting there talking, and I remember him very distinctly because my dad had this goes back away, but my dad when he was still in college. Was assigned to a top secret project to develop a um for the military a way to fit an entire landing strip worth of material. The, the material to actually create the landing strip, the the Kwansen hut that would go next to it, and all that stuff. And they had to fit it into two crates where they could drop two crates, a platoon of soldiers and a and a bulldozer behind enemy lines, wherever, as small as possible unpack this whole thing and have a full landing field where wow. airplanes could park inside the quonson huts so they had to be that big so he was on this team that was like breaking this stuff down and all this stuff so he knew at that time uh guys because they did it in cincinnati and then they flew him to florida and they also took him down to uh, Wright right patterson in ohio that they, they did a lot of this stuff and he knew some guys who had been working at Wright Patterson who transferred down to Fort Knox and they're hanging around at this party. And he's, you know, chilling. and he, he was like, you know, boy, I bet you guys wish they was, there was still a bunch of gold here. You could sneak out. He goes, they're like, it's still here. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what you, we got guard duty on it all the time. We rotate <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. of course it's here. Where do you think they took it? Like it, it, they goes, they came in and dug a bigger hole. Because they literally yeah. added, a, added a level and put more in. And right. it's still true to this day. Like, I I mean, I don't want to, we don't want to put a target on, on Fort Knox, but you couldn't drive it out anyways. But the idea that somehow it's just vanished or that doesn't exist, but it's just silly at this point. It's, it, and Mnuchin took his wife down there to have sex on top of it. That yeah. was the whole thing, right? That was what they were bragging. They were taking selfies in front of the gold and all that stuff. And they had sex on a pile of it. That was honest to God. That was the, the scuttlebutt yeah. around, yeah, around Kentucky that when he came to visit, he brought his wife so they could have sex on the oh. gold, like <laughs> get out of here. Like I, yeah. but so, so Kentucky's, uh, you know, Fort Fort Knox being very important, McConnell getting that toehold where it gave him a little, you know, edge over everybody else. And when a small state like Kentucky gets somebody on a major committee, or two yes. there's that's that's the state version of don't change horses midstream because the state will eventually gain prominence and that's exactly what happened as much as i hate mitch mcconnell that's exactly what he did and his yeah. ability to bring industry and other stuff to and more importantly through kentucky because that's one of the things about kentucky is just like 75 cutting straight through the state and 64 you know and, going
0: East, West, yes, throughout. that's yeah. right.
2: Right. It's, it's crucial to that entire segment of the country. And therefore, there's a lot of industry that's very necessary. Never mind the farming. And, you know, once tobacco went away, another cash crop came into as, play.
0: as well. That cash yeah. crop's been there for a while, brother. But yes. It's, but know, it I remember, blossomed. Yeah. <laughs> it was always, I remember going, it was 1984, 85, going on Operation Green Gray Sweep. So we're traveling with the state right. uh, police. As they're sweeping across the the state, digging up these, you know, and, and burning marijuana fields. And uh, mm-hmm. one of them was, uh, it was a 40-acre square field. And it was the first four rows or five rows on the outside were, was, was corn. Everything else was weed and i mean oh yeah and we're and they couldn't burn it and it's deep green it's like so deep, the, the middle we of were it talking it, about buds that are as big as your fucking thumbs and you yeah know, and i had they a, would
2: call it like donuts because they would fly over the donuts because the outside yeah. is this light green and the inside yeah. is dark like there's a hole in it because that's the weed right and they were yeah. just yeah
0: it was worth three quarters of a billion or something at that time that's how big it yeah. was there were down in hazard kentucky dukes of hazard you know remember dukes of hazard mm-hmm. but hazard kentucky during harvest time uh, at during you know the 80s they had they put on armed guards because all the farmers would come in with cash crops and they were threatened you know the they were told by the fbi and, and even some of the say, you've got to bust these guys. are dealing hey just ask go, the our no, podcast podcast If you've got a second, them, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, J-A-T-Q start.
2: Podcast. Right. That's J- right. 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 Yeah. A- yeah. Well, and again, a- it being a cash crop, it greased the entire underpinning of the economy because this is, you know, whatever, a fifth a- of every dollar spent in every grocery store or whatever came by way of pot sales, essentially, to the rest of the country within it. And by the way, the minute you shut that off, that's when the Mexicans comes across the border because you're not getting rid of the actual actual, um that's another demand podcast yeah right
0: with with, when the the, irony, yeah when the republicans were arguing in their recent debates about you know bombing drug dealers and well you're actually bombing mexico not the drug dealers and by the way mexico is an ally what do you what about dealing with the real issue the fact that we have a large demand so if if you're making the supply scarce i say what you will about drug dealers these are honest capitalists it's <laughs> supply and demand
2: you, you right.
0: make it scarce it's going to cost more money
2: right and it's going to be more dangerous because you, you yeah. everybody's because everybody's defending the one thing in life you can never get back which is time so you spend time behind bars that's part of your life and that's what makes people carry a gun along with this stuff but you get outside the fine area which is effectively what you look at it, it it's so funny now that the system for having more pot on you than you should if you're or or selling mixing in you know illicit grown stuff with you know like legally grown stuff in California or something is a fine that goes into the city coffers and ends up paving roads that's exactly what the hell was happening in Kentucky Exactly. It's just on a on a on an under the table kind of way. It's just an above board version of the exact same thing. It's just a recognition that it wasn't going away. The uh, you know it's and and Kentucky. The interesting thing is where Mitch maybe retains and maybe this is accidental, maybe it's on purpose, whatever it was. The the area where he retained at least some nerve about you know his former roots as an alleged progressive, if they if that ever was a thing is in his fight to get hemp legalized for growth in Kentucky because one of the reasons why pot took off was because tobacco grows really well in Kentucky but if you can't sell it or people don't want to buy it because they don't want to die you know you're you've got a demand problem but it's a resilient frigging plant tobacco grows whether you want it to or not in a lot of places it's just about growing it and making sure it doesn't get eaten by weevils or or tobacco worms or the plants don't get blight or something like that normal farmer problems but it'll grow it's just easier to harvest on flat land but it'll grow on a hillside the same thing is true of of Ah. all forms of marijuana and all forms of uh you know of hemp specifically and hemp as a resilient i mean from its use as a fabric source to a fuel source to you know you can make many of the hemp oils that are as good for your skin as a moisturizer as the CBD uh, oils are, but there's no way you get high off of it. It's way freaking smarter. And the only reason you couldn't grow it in Kentucky is because it looks like pot and we don't want to have to go down there and try to tell the difference. Yeah. We don't want to have to go to, we don't have to land the fucking helicopter and go, is this pot or hemp? Ah, it's hemp. Get back in the helicopter. We don't want to bother. Roll it up and so smoke just, it. We'll
0: find out. That. That's right.
2: Yeah. That's your test. <laughs> I don't care how many leaves it does. You, you're going to jail. So, <laughs> So and that you was, you know, jail. <laughs> jail,
0: you're going to jail, jail stri-
2: yeah. Jail in Versailles, that's how we do it. <laughs> um, that said, um, interestingly enough, there's a it, you know, Kentucky has there's a Lebanon, Kentucky. There's also a Lem, I want to say there's a Lebanon city, there's a Lebanon, Kentucky. Yep, there is. Yeah, my, my also-
0: father owned a uh, small farm parcel outside of Lebanon because he grew up in the country of Lebanon and he just wanted. <laughs> Something that was its name makes sense to me. Yeah, that's. that's, that's but yeah, absolutely. there is Yeah, a, a, and I think there's a hash oil. No,
2: I'm kidding. I don't, there's, there's,
0: a, there's a CBD well, Kentucky. That's yeah, CBD.
2: yeah. Right. I mean, like, and and there's a you know there's there's a lot of Fayette in Kentucky as well in the history of this. And this kind of again, this goes to sort of the modern politics of it as well. Is that this recognition that without Lafayette, we wouldn't have won the Revolutionary right. War a lot of that still built in and preserves some, I mean, Rand Paul aside and Comer's a complete moron. He's very, oh, what, what's the, what, what area
0: he had? Yet? He's in
2: district one, right? Yeah. He's in Western. He's Western Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I've looked at, um, God help us if his area is Murray, because then I got to go and.
0: Well, let's move find this, out. Uh, move this
2: along. He is. Um,
0: well, let's see. Born uh, in oh, he was another one born in Carthage, Tennessee. Yeah, it's yeah. Murray is in there. It's and it yep the way it creeps around. It also creeps like up land to, between like, the lakes
2: area. Like yeah, uh,
0: yeah, fancy farm that area where we used to okay
2: all the time. Right, so yeah. yeah, like very small, almost like high school towns at best. It, even yes. Murray itself, which has grown a lot, is like a is like my high school in Chicago that I went to when I moved up there is the size of Murray State University. Yes. Like it's, it's the resources and the size of the campus itself. It's kind of amazing, but it's true. And um, with a couple of, maybe they've added a building or since, but our, our like stadium and our, you know, our sports fields, you know, even though it's in North shore Chicago is big is as big as that. And it's that kind of a place. And I, I got to say that most of the educated people in his area probably can't vote there. So you come from another part of the state, and you go to Murray, you know, right. as you're transitioning to another school or to build your grades up and that kind of thing, or you're just getting, you know, a uh, like what's effectively a a degree dealing with, you know, uh, like the four H's, right? The four the H degrees, you know, around farming and agricultural uh, agribusiness and that kind of stuff is the primary, but not stupid by any means is my point. No. Um, But there's an outlying area of people who don't go there, Maysfield and all that stuff where they're not necessarily, you know, you're you're talking about the boondocks of the Midwest in some ways. You know, they are what what the Appalachian parts of Kentucky are to the rest of Kentucky. These are to St. Louis. And it's uh, um, so it's not surprising that that's the kind of brain trust.
0: Henderson, Hopkinsville, Madisonville, Paducah, Murray, and, and Frankfurt is actually part of the, the, the way they gerrymandered that district.
2: Oh, good lord, order. no wonder. Yeah, that's, yeah that, that makes it, a lot.
0: How the hell you get Frankfurt from there? Well, because the middle part of it is...
2: Population.
0: Yeah, and, and the middle part was carved out Louisville. You know, the third district is Louisville. And, yeah. uh, the, you know, uh, what can I tell you? It's not... It's they, they've gerrymandered things so badly that they gerrymandered themselves. There's only one real place in Kentucky where an African-American could get elected. And that would be Louisville.
1: <laughs> so
2: right.
0: Yeah. The rest of it, you're not going to get. And right. That's why it's gerrymandered the way it is. Eighty three point eight percent white, nine percent black, 3.8 percent Hispanic, two point one percent Native American, one percent Asian and point two percent something else that's right. the district.
2: And I'll, I I i I I would I would venture to guess that the vast majority of the black people live in the edge around Louisville in the you know in the territory that's just outside that area well, as the, far Well this as is uh, the first conga- congressional district. Oh, and that's right. and I would that's venture what I mean. to
0: say, Yeah, most of them are in yeah, the Frankfort area. I would
2: Right. Assume. Yes. Or, or yeah, cuz uh that was in when I was growing up, you know, uh Frankfort High was like the black school and and Franklin County was like the slightly mixed school. It was like mostly white, but it was kind of mixed just because of where people lived, you know, a little bit of busing. But interesting enough, the busing ended up pushing people more segregated. It's curious. It's almost like they didn't want it to happen, Um, but they (laughs) did bust them in. Most of the busing brought people in from the sticks, from lesser schools, which was kind of the good part about it. You know, and that's that's what happened to me. I mean, I got brought in from Peaks Mill where they would have just continued your education back in the day straight through high school in that school you just learn the lessons almost like you're being homeschooled down this you know down the road a little piece but uh they moved us into the city that said that it's not surprising that you know Comer gained some some sort of legislative heft around that if it's including if you're including E-Town and 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 Bowling Green especially like I said where the Corvette well that's the second a district there I think that's-, oh, that, that's what it will hit uh, that's part of Louisville No, No,
0: the second district is part of the second district, which is a Brett Guthrie from Bowling. It's really screwed up Kentucky. They really, I mean, most of Jefferson County is third district far Eastern Jefferson County is second district, the fourth district, Northern Kentucky, Thomas uh, Massey. And then, uh, that makes sense. And Andy Barr has Lexington. He's, uh, you know, uh, uh, about the only other one that might be he's a he's also a republican the only democrat serving right now is morgan mcgarvey from district three which is and the governor
2: yeah and the governor yeah which is interesting because uh you can't gerrymander you can't gerrymander the whole state nope and increasingly the the reality is what you can do is control the federal elections in such a way that you can kind of muscle people around and make sure that there aren't quite as many voting machines in some places as others and make sure that it's work or there's something else, you know, some other heft that people need to before they can vote. Um, And uh, Mitchell have an outsized control over that to some degree with his buddies in industry and whatnot. And now, you know, with Rand Paul not wanting anybody to vote because the one area where he is a full Republican is the idea that only landowners should vote. Yeah. And 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 in his estimation, that includes corporations which should have people status, which means foreign corporations that own American land should be able to vote more than U.S. citizens. So but if you ever said it out loud in so many words, they drum him out of the state. So he you know, he pops up. It's interesting about Rand Paul. And this is I'm curious what your thoughts on him are, because there was a period where he was supposed to be this firebrand new, you know, era of Republican politics taking the Ron Paul you know attitude into the new millennium and he's going to bring a libertarian flair to that and stuff and really all i see him doing is voting against like sandy relief and stuff like that for other people but he's his his uh i, I don't know his uh like his showmanship in the beginning seems to have faded a bit and i don't know if that's a choice or just a reflection of are bigger fish to fry like trump in the in the area well-
0: my reflection on many politicians today is that politicians used to be set up to serve a constituency. Today, they are performance artists playing to their fans. And that's – and I right. firmly believe well, – Rand falls
2: out into that, that, yeah. That
0: is exactly what Rand Paul is. He's an act. He's, when you see him in person, he's, he's, he's not impressive on many scales. Intellectually, he's stunted uh his oratory is not the greatest like mitch mcconnell i can't tell you anything the man's ever legislated or introduced or back i mean we know what he doesn't stand for we don't know what he stands for we know what he stands against but not what he stands for right right i find him to be nothing more than a a a minor demon in the pantheon of trump's minions and that's the only way i
2: could look at him yeah no i i i get that i'm curious because, again, it looked like they had a lot of hope for him at one point. Or there was some sort of like that, you know, again, that father to son after nonsense. His neighbor,
0: I think after his neighbor beat the shit out of him, he was exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
2: that, you know, you're not wrong that in Kentucky yeah. politics, even if you even if that guy was in the wrong and I do not support any kind of attack like that. And I can't even speak to what the interpersonal back and forth is between two neighbors who get into fisticuffs, which is a whole other thing beyond the fact that the asshole's in government right. and the other guy isn't. Um, is a thing. The fact that this guy felt like compelled to and or comfortable with dusting knuckles with this dude who's a senator goes to how far he must have felt pushed maybe to some degree. That's my own feeling about this, not knowing the deeper parts of this relationship. That's And I'm against uh, political violence in all its forms. Don't raise hands against anybody who doesn't first raise hands right. against you. That's general general rule of thumb. That said, but getting your ass kicked by your neighbor just In an Kentucky? old fashioned Kentucky stuff, and I mean it's it's gonna be it's a it's a nice skate uphill to recover from that.
0: That's exact. You've nailed it. That's Kentucky. That's exactly right. right. Well, I don't. You know, I kind of liked his politics, but the boy's a pussy. He got his ass whooped. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. And that's where it was. And I ain't backing no pussy. I, uh yeah, no, not Mm-mm. real or imagined. Not right. Me.
2: I didn't vote for that woman who was going against Mitch. I ain't voting for some dude who can't, uh, you know, can, hold up yeah. his own. And I never liked Martha Lane
0: Collins either, even though she was a good whore. That's I right. actually heard that yes. one time. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's there there were people that, you know, but to your point, the, the yeah. Kentucky is a little bit more purple than it is red. And yes, Martha Lane Collins was was a female governor. And Martha Lane Collins, you know, brought in a Lot of stuff that helped Kentucky at at, you know back in back, yes, and uh, but you today it was, but I also think part of the reason why Bashir was elected is because the the other loser that they had, Matt Evans, you know, lost in the cop fight, and and I think that was part of it. I think they, they saw him as a big poser. Well, you know, the boy, and I heard that said, you know, for people who don't know, every year there's a big uh party down at Fancy Farm down. Uh, near the Mm -hmm. land between the lakes where all the uh, polls get to meet and they have this huge picnic and all the reporters all the polls meet and they you know do their thing and one of the things i heard at fancy it just got
2: rained out by the way yeah like i just i saw comer like doing a report from there and it was just pouring and i was like how very fitting for (laughs) the situation (laughs) you find yourself in young man
0: you gotta love it but one yep. of the things I heard about Matt Bevins is he's a poser. You know, he comes on like he's a trump,er but he's a big poser. And at the end of the day, he was people saw him as as a liar and a cheat and a redneck. You know, French kissing their dog on the mouth. So that's 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 where that that's why he lost to Bashir, I think. Or one. Yeah, of, well,
2: and also that that and I think Bevin's had kind of out outlived his usefulness. His mouth outran his ass so many times that I think a lot of people were just like, this guy's just a dick. It's too much. It's not going to help. And he, it's not like he has. It's one thing, the, you know, Trump floated on the illusion that this guy talks shit and he's mean and blah, 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 but he knows how to make a deal and he's a smart guy who can surround himself by smart people. Now, we've all, those of us that weren't already... Uh, not carrying the burden of that mythology <laughs> um a- a people should have that's obvious to anybody who's paying any attention who isn't just angry at the world that it's that was never true and it certainly is less true than it's ever been right now that said um bevins never had that To he had the kind of and the being a mouth was enough for uh, for yeah. a window of time around that bevins had the idea that like i'm a mouth just like him in the same way that desantis you could argue same thing yes. desantis was floating on this idea i can be a mouth i can be such a dick i can treat the press like garbage you you guys love that stuff y- yeah but only if you either can come up with plans that will fix shit, or we believe you will that's the only reason to put up with it we don't we don't need a, a prick for prick's sake as it were yes and well, that was bevins's problem
0: yeah that is so listen we've been doing this for a while and i want to
2: continue at some point down but we will pick up another chapter very soon (laughs) i think your final you and i yes yes. i'll 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 end it on this uh i think you and i at some point in the near future and we'll work out when perhaps this fall during the indian summer perhaps next spring perhaps in the dead of winter yes we shall we shall fly (laughs) into the small airport in lexington kentucky (laughs) and rent a car and drive out into the world where we will drive through areas towns called lode towns <laughs> glasgow and, and, yeah go straight to glasgow go to Owenton and Swatzer. Yes. and um and, and yeah and and maybe get a you know a te- you know test the waters on how long the you know how purple things are heading into an election year and 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 the changes that might come especially if mitch is you know mitch isn't going anywhere his 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 glitch mcconnell thing that's happening right now is directly related to his head injury it doesn't have to be permanent and it's not affecting his cognitive ability he just freezes and it's probably related to that it like i'm sorry but if a if a congressperson can work through cancer um yes. from a hospital bed he can have a couple of these brain farts and go back to work as long as in between he's not making you know i think we need to paint everything purple that should make it everything <laughs> maybe if we t- attach balloons to the capitol and float it into the sky and then they couldn't have an insurrection like as long as he's not I, suggesting I things like a that
0: where is a hat that's yeah. right
2: yeah right yeah as long as he doesn't come in wearing his pant- underwear outside his clothes like the like Again? the secretary it's it's splash <laughs> um I, i'm sorry but he's going to stay in there for as long as he possibly can because that powerpoint you do not drop
0: no he that won't.
2: said kentucky's about to hit some flux and having had the minority leader and the majority leader as the main the 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 senior senator of the state for a long time is going to be a difficult thing for kentucky and kentuckians to give up hence maybe the lock rand has Hence, maybe it's you know the alignment of a of a Democrat that Democrats think will be powerful going in, and they go uh, they this you know this new Democratic senator from Kentucky could have legs and really grow, and we could see her or him becoming you know uh, the majority leader one day. There's just, there's if some voters vote. in Kentucky, if, yep, if they, they vote. vote
0: because Kentucky you pointed to earlier notoriously does not vote. One point right. six million registered voters. Sometimes you'll get 30 or 40% for a voter turnout and you can't run a democracy that way because nope. it guarantees that a minority will run a, a mm-hmm. good minority block of registered conservative voters who believe the earth is flat. Chemtrails are a real thing. There was no Holocaust. And uh, right. by, by the way, we live on the back of a turtle. If they believe all that crap and right. they'll vote, they're going to elect their people. And you have Southeast Christian church or as my, Cousins call it Six Flags over Jesus. One of the largest mm-hmm. evangelical churches, you know, Church of the Waving Hands. Those people vote, and they yep. are all over. Kentucky. I gotta say, I gotta say, I would love to have a talk with those folks. Oh, I I can introduce you to a few cousins. That's <laughs> that, that,
2: that, that, I would love to have a sit down, set up a couple of microphones, couple cameras, sit right there in the church, and go. Work with me on this. I'm not here to hate on you, but I need to. I need to square this circle a little bit, uh. So the circle oh, shall not that be, would be unbroken. Fun,
0: let's do that. Let's do that. We could do that. I could set that up.
2: All right. That would I'm be glad fun. to do it because and and I I may have uh, John Fugel saying on standby, like in case of
0: Right. I just did a show with John about the Bible because you yeah. know I grew up. I, you know I was a altar boy a catholic altar boy and i hear this crap it explains that so much yeah it does doesn't it mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we never had those type of priests i understand saying... drunk <laughs> that's right <laughs> we had like an irish peace, priest that was our big problem sure. but yeah i would love to sit down and do that it would be fun because you it's hard to you will find it difficult to sit down and have a conversation after a while without it being a very uh It just
2: is circular logic and a lot of contention. I got to say, I have a lot of faith in my own personal charm. Otherwise I wouldn't have become a comedian. (laughs) And I've done, I've done, uh, you know, I've done my same act all over the South and the North. And sometimes when I'm in the South, people will go, Hey, or or when I'm in the North, they'll go, Hey, when you do your jokes down South, do you change the punchlines or the material so that people don't get upset? And I go, No. no, no, because they don't get upset. They realize I know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm from the south. I'm allowed to bitch about it when I want to, and I'm not there to do them any harm. I'm there to maybe rec- help them recognize the cul-de-sac they're in.
0: And it also and w- helps that you pick the right. You, you, I mean, you do pick the stuff that they'll even make fun
2: of themselves about all the time. Yeah, so that was that was the old joke. You know, one of the, like like you walk up to any uh, like especially Eastern Kentuckian. And they'll go, hey man, how's it going? Fuck oh, man, I hate this place, dude. It's like everything like that, they know jobs. Like the factory all shut down. It's all rusted up and whatever. The school is just churning out dumbasses. Kids don't learn nothing. My Something in the water gave my girlfriend this big goiter on her neck as big as her head. My brother done just, he packed up his stuff, left his whole family and everything behind. they were like good riddance. And and then right after that, the church burned down. You're like, wow, man, this place sucks. He'll go, fuck you, man. This is my home. home. (laughs) Right? Here's some bath salts. (laughs) <laughs> that's right and the other joke of course about kentucky and we'll end on this the classic joke that i think is is the defining joke that ha- that led me to moving out of the state which is uh and the joke goes like this i had a friend who was arrested for smuggling joke or smuggling books into kentucky he got off on a technicality no one could prove they were books and that i remember hearing that joke and going it's not particularly funny but i gotta get the fuck out of here because everybody was like uh-huh Nobody laughed at that joke. They go, uh-huh. Yeah, that's
0: and that's right. the
2: telling part.
0: That's, yeah. Well, my, mine was something that happened to me when I was 15. I, mm-hmm. now, I don't know if, 1976 was the year of the bicentennial. And yes. so school ended in uh, the middle of June that year. And mm-hmm. I had this wonderful idea because Fireworks are illegal in
2: Kentucky for you know
0: for some reason. You Just go
2: across the border into Tennessee, Tennessee. and you buy them and you come back. Right. That's right.
0: so. I would drive. I so my dad every year would drive down to Tennessee, it, outside of Nashville. It was like two and a half, three hour drive. By we had a seventy Impala that could fit three dead people comfortably in the back. Don't ask me how I know that, but and, sure. and we would fill it up with you know, drive-ins, yeah, you know, drive-ins and that's exactly right. Skyway Mm -hmm. drive in Louisville, Kentucky, and drive back. So I said, you know, this is a great idea. So I had a brochure and I took orders from all my friends at school. And so like the first or second week in June, I was going to drive down, fill this up. And I figured I was going to make, I was going to haul in between 750 and a thousand bucks. And when you're a kid, that's a hell of a haul. And I, so I drove down there and it was a beautifully executed plan. My mother and dad were divorced mom would go to bed exactly at 11 o'clock right before the news and before johnny carson and she Mm -hmm. would get up at seven o'clock on the button i had eight hours i figure two and a half three hours down there 45 minutes to buy the fireworks and then two and a half three hours back i'd be at home and i had this plan down to the minute Uh... i drove down there filled it up drove back and I got stopped in Shepherdsville, where a few weeks before they had just had a KKK rally, and I got st- stopped by a county cop, and I had figured out this entire plan except for this one fault. as he pulled me over, he says, "Hey, you got a tail out out." And I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." he says, "You know, if you if I was a state trooper, I'd give you a I'd give you a ticket. He said, "I'm going to let you go." And I said, "Oh gee, thanks that's great." He says, "Now let me see your license. And I said, uh, don't don't have one." And he goes, "Well, why not?" And I said, uh, "Well, I'm 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 15." That was the part that I didn't figure out real well. And he goes, sure. uh, he says, "Son, don't you know you have to be 16 years old to operate a motor vehicle in the in the Commonwealth of Kentucky?" And and they always say Commonwealth, not state. Yeah. And I, and I said, uh, "No, I I I forgot. I'll I'll check into that as soon as I get home." He says, "Come here, boy." And they took me into custody, and it looked oh. like I swear to got like Andy Taylor's. Thing. The next right. morning, my mother had to show up. I had to plead out. They, long story short, he said, if I ever get caught again driving before I turned sixteen, I'd have to be eighteen before I got my license. And I said, you bet. Uh, you know, I, the whole time, yeah. The only thing I was worried about, I I knew I had lost the fireworks, and I was going to be out a thousand bucks more or less. Right. I, I, I was scared shitless. And then right. when we got home, my mom thought I was on drugs. My Sure. My dad dad came over, wanted to know if I was on drugs. I pop up. I said, Dad, look, I just gotta check one thing. I pop open the trunk. They never even checked the trunk. No. Fireworks were there. I, yeah. I paid the tow bill to make mom happy. I
2: gave my dad a cut. So so he gave his mouth shut, and I, and, I, and that's how young Brian Karam become a, a part of the great moonshining tradition of that's Kentucky, right. that's right, ladies and gentlemen. A cautionary tale that turned into a future industry that would make the Kennedys blush with envy, you know? That's NASCAR. so that's- Right. But I,
0: I, I thought, to myself man if you're so fucking stupid i gotta get out of this state yeah in the end. you didn't even pop the trunk you know i just told the guy I was out joyriding t- trying to learn how to drive the judge bought it the cops bought it nobody ever popped the trunk so i left right when i was 16 i had i couldn't do it anymore
2: well and you know and back then it wouldn't have mattered but now yeah. it would be like you would have gotten to keep all of it uh or you would have got they would have had to return your property to you because you achieved it you got it in tennessee And they have to prove that you knowingly and willingly carried it across. But the only way they could do that was because they illegally looked in your trunk because that was not involved in the crime of pulling you over because you were not pulled over for, you know, uh, contraband. You were just pulled over because of a a busted taillight. And they would, you know, unless you hear a thump from the trunk, you're not allowed <laughs> to open it, right? Right. And and these days they wouldn't even try. They're like, get that fucking thing out of here. That ain't my problem. Fucking drive past the ATF office on your way out of town. I'll let them know you're going by. They'll get a look at you.
0: <laughs> you know, all I worried about as a teen is we had an next door neighbor who was a cop. Every year he would drive around the neighborhood, bust everybody blowing off fireworks, bring them home, and have his own fireworks show on the stuff that he had busted and taken from other
2: people. I figured right. that
0: was what was going to happen. So,
2: small. Well, small uh, state. yeah, see. that's right. Next time, next time, we'll talk about uh, like Sayersville, and we'll talk about uh, where my uh, aunt taught math, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, New Circle Road, and or what I would call it the anus uh, circle. The, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it's a it's a it looks like a a protract like a a protracted anus. It's a, it's sort of lopsided. It looks like yeah um it looks like one of the worst pictures from the hubble but the but it also is the like the bath salts zombie uh walking circle for a while yes, you know in, in, at the height of that stuff right we can mm-hmm. also
0: talk about a little bit about busing and what that was like
2: yep and, and um i'm sure at some point in your life you have gone to mammoth cave and uh Many times. And, yep and so we got a uh we gotta we'll we'll talk about the school trips and the experience of going there and the the sort of weird like I think they're gonna leave us down here to die <laughs> aspect of taking school children there
0: Batman's misery I, what, what the hell yes. is that? yep
2: fat man's misery that's what they used to call it right that was what it was named i don't know if they've renamed it to be politically correct but it's historically called that so i don't think they should have to well it's kentucky and they're not (laughs) well and 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 well and most of the fat men in kentucky that's how they test yeah i mean as long as i can get through there i ain't fat man i'm just (laughs) wide
0: i got a belly but it's okay yeah i'm like one of them german pancakes
2: man hey look it scrapes a little but that's all right so, uh, thanks for chatting about Kentucky with me. Anytime, I, anytime, so brother. few people understand.
1: <laughs> it's right,
0: you got that right. Unless you've been there, you don't know. That's yeah. Just- we'll get
2: Johnny Depp on one day and we'll go. It explains a lot about it. Um, <laughs> well, the one I would I love
0: to get is <laughs> who spoke just like that was Hunter Hunter S. Thompson, but he's gone.
2: Well, we'll <laughs> tell we'll tell my drug coma story from Kentucky the next time as well. So, there which you is go. a real story hang in there. Tune in next time. (laughs)
0: Tune in next time. Look, it's Just Ask a Question. I'm your host, Brian Kerim. Hal, thanks for joining us. Anything you want to plug? Yeah.
2: Uh yeah. Um if you go to infotainmentwars.com, that's my live stream. I'm on uh all the time. Two, you know, I got a morning show three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and my radio show on Saturdays. And then five days a week in the afternoon, 3 p.m. Pacific, I am going through right-wing clips on YouTube that they post and doing the entire clip all the way through without taking stuff out of context, so that no one can say, no one even watched no one saw my argument everybody's afraid to talk about this and they took it out of context that none of those things are true on Al sparks mega worldwide <laughs> for the record so feel free to at me also there is no hunter biden laptop feel free to at me about that one and then um of course i will be uh in if you're in the los angeles area every two weeks or so uh the ultimate jam night is at the whiskey and it's a good time uh brian's been it's just a super and I fun missed this experience. week
0: and i feel bad that i did but i got buried next week
2: with- Week after next is uh, Aerosmith. We're uh, they're going on their final tour, so we're doing uh, which will probably go on for ten years, but whatever. Yes. And um, so we're uh, we're we're doing a salute to Aerosmith, and then the one after that is I think the Pyro Festival. So it's a lot of big bands, and we're pulling from that. We're giving away passes to that at that show. So that's, which I insist they give me to. Did you
0: ever do the? Uh, Yes,
2: we did. We Uh, certainly did. I know it's super good. We'll do. Believe me, that'll come around again because we there's no way to cover as much as we could. So. Uh but yeah, and then I'm the last ways of every month at in Burbank at at Flappers at the comedy club. I do an hour of improv stand-up where that's where I write and create new ideas. So I go up on stage and don't allow myself to prep at all. And well, I that's do that a great and... show. I've
0: seen that twice. That's a really good Thank show. Thank
2: you. Thank you. And it's never the same show twice. So that's the fun part, I guess. They, again, back to the Frankfurt Swingers thing. We'll talk about that in the next one, too. Oh, oh my god. There. <laughs> there's so many stories. We're yeah. not gonna do <laughs> Yeah stop
0: right there. So the name of this podcast is Just Ask a Question. The name of the book is Free the Press and every Thursday in Salon, salon salon.com. And of course, wherever fine books, podcasts are sold. And occasionally you'll see me when I deem to do it on CNN or MSNBC Mm -hmm. or, or other places. So thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time.